we got a lot going kind on. Kind of dying laughing here in that, in that break. <laughs> People so, on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I could not stop good. laughing at, at some of these tweets. It's pretty good. So I, I want you to read the tweet about what right, the Alan Sliwa lunch special would be. Because Gosh, this dang is it. my I gotta favorite find it tweet now. in quite some time. All right, let me find it here. In, in the meantime, while you look for that, I want to read a, a, a tweet, for, or not a tweet, a text that Cates just sent me. He writes, did not expect that betrayal, Trav. Core of the apple, why don't you just bite through and chew the orange peel while you're at it? Here's the thing. There's a, listen, there's a group of us. There's <laughs> only a few of us. We all we get together every Monday night. Every Monday night, the, the apple cores get together. We just we just go through the track. We find all the apple cores and we just devour them. We don't. But here's the thing: extra apple, which is uh-huh. always always good. And the the it, reason you don't eat the peel, Kate's of an orange, is because the peel of an orange is disgusting. Tastes awful. But it tastes terrible. The flesh of an orange, really really good. Trav, an, Trav, an apple though, the core tastes just like the rest of the apple. It's fantastic. You, you want to know another alpha move? You know that Hit move me. you had in the Uber where you yeah. just go sit in the front seat, <laughs> right? Somebody eating an apple. You gonna finish that? <laughs> Are you done with that? Are you done with, what's the deal with the rest of that apple? Love it. Absolutely All right, let me read off this tweet. Eric Steven, yeah. Eric Steven on Twitter says, "I feel like Alan Sliwa's special would be a turkey sandwich, only turkey, no sauce, <laughs> with a glass of water, light ice." <laughs> Who is that? That's fantastic. <laughs> Eric Steven A-N-G. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'd like the, uh, Dying the here. turkey with um, no mayonnaise, no mustard, no aioli, um, no lettuce, no tomato, no onion, no pickle, no avocado, no uh, no toast on the bread. Um, just a, a sliced turkey on a plate with um, water. Oh, light, that's, light good. Ice. that's good. That's good. Perfect. I got one too. There's, There's too much ice. There's too much ice in here. If you guys could do Can something about that. you just run the tap and I'll just take it right out of there, please? This is from uh, Rams Steve, and this is to both of us. It says, Paul George gets the hate he gets because of that stupid video he made. Also, your show is better when you're not talking sports. Also, Slee, can you can you stop trying to sabotage the Paul George hate party? We need to hate more during this unprecedented time. Hashtag hate is healing. I have a feeling Rams Steve and I would get along pretty well. The hate, hate is healing is, is one of the healing. funniest things I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen that yeah, one stop before. Stop ruining our Paul George hate, Slee. You're really kind of bringing I tried up. to give some light to the man who, in a weird way, I uh, I feel bad when people fail as much as uh, he's failing at the moment. Hmm. I, I, I'm, I, why? What, I mean, you just are you just sensitive to his pain? You just don't like to see other people suffer? No, when you, see, I, the same, that, when you, when you see the same person keep failing – and when you start talking about that person, it's only because of their failing. Mm-hmm. You're kind of like, you know, you were talking about Anthony Davis earlier. We spent, remember AD had a bad game against the Warriors in the play-in, and then he had a bad game one. Yeah. Everybody was all over Anthony Davis. You know what he did in games two and three? Killed he him. dominated, and that's what Anthony Davis does. Like, you, you know that he's going to have a bounce back. I don't know if PG's going to have a bounce back, right? Like, yeah, there's, certainly it, it, like it. it only seems like for PG... That pressure is maybe mounting on him. Trav, he doesn't even look – even the shots – you said something earlier. You are talking about when he misses a shot, it's not They're like, hot. okay, it just hit the back. Oh, that's only a couple – you know, that's only a couple inches. Whatever the case is, right? Like it's a good right. miss, if you could say right. in a way. At times I'm like, that is ugly. That That well, is not a good-looking shot. Even if the shot is the right shot, the way he misses it, I'm like, yeah, this dude's probably in his head. 
there are shots, and it's it's super unfair to compare anybody to Steph Curry when we're talking about shooting, but when Steph Curry lets go of the ball, James Harden is another one of these guys too. They, Kevin Durant, when they let go, almost everything they let go looks like it's going to go in, right? And if it doesn't go in, it rims out, or it's a little long, it's a little short, it's a little left, it's a little right. But it looks mm-hmm. when it leaves their hand like that's got a pretty good look at it. Those shots last night, the second they left their hand, they're like, nope, that's not that, that's that, not anywhere near the hoop. That's the problem. As the moment gets bigger, right, is that it, are you more comfortable in that situation or are you less comfortable? Because Donovan Mitchell was more comfortable. Devin yeah. Booker against the Lakers was more comfortable. Paul George doesn't seem comfortable in those situations. The tighter it gets – the tighter he gets rather than looser he gets in, in a sense of that situation doesn't uh, affect him. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, and guests on the show appear via the Goodyear hotline. Okay, so Nikola Jokic was named the MVP yesterday, right? Called it. I and called it right after his 41st pick of the draft. I said, this dude's going to win MVP. <laughs> He's going to be an MVP one <laughs> Look day. at his body. Right. <laughs> Look at his body. <laughs> Well, he's clearly just an athletic freak. He's a, he's a super freak when it comes to that. Just raw. Vince Carter, Jokic, right? Yeah, it just it it just jumps off the page at you, you know. Um, so here's my question: mm-hmm. Jokic won the MVP, and I don't even have a huge problem with him winning it because he had a great season. He's a very very good player, and his team was very successful. That's a good yeah. formula to mm-hmm. be an MVP. But First center, by the way, to win since Shaq. Since Shaq, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and look, the game has changed so much since Shaq's days. And, and Jokic doesn't play like Shaq. He just happens to play the same position as Shaq. But here, here, here's here's the part that I kind of get a disconnect with. What are, what are we awarding him for exactly? Because there, there are kind of three different ways to look at MVP. There is mm-hmm. best player, right? Okay, fine. That, that makes sense. Is there anybody – that watches NBA basketball that thinks that Nikola Jokic is the best player in the league? No. No. Mm-hmm. no. Okay, so that let's take that off the table. There is the, if you were going to build a team or you had to go and win a game or you had to go play one season with one guy, who is your first pick, right? Is that Jokic? You're not taking Jokic, but Jokic will be in a conversation of five to ten guys. Okay, but he's not—he's not number one, right? No, no, he's, he's not. He's probably not even numbers two, three, four, five. We'll get nope. to a list in a second. No, he's not. So it's he's not, not that. Mm-hmm. So then there is the guy that was most valuable to his team. That if you okay. removed him from the team, the team mm-hmm. goes from really good to not very good at all. That maybe he kind of checks that part. But is he more valuable than a guy like Kevin Durant or LeBron James or Anthony Davis? I don't think so. So uh, what, what did he it, get the it, award well, for? Well, no, valuable. We we got that's where we got to stop here for a second because you're right. By the way, when you say valuable, just use as an example. And I know you were talking. You and I were talking about this in the prep call. You said, "Wait, valuable? Did you see what happens to the Lakers when Anthony Davis was it's Anthony out? Davis, the most did valuable you, player. Did, in the did league you see Davis. how the Lakers collapsed the yep. moment Anthony Davis went out? But now, now we can start making a case here. If when you say value, what would Luca be without? If Luka went down with an injury, if Steph Curry wasn't there for the Golden State War, actually, let's not even talk about Steph because they didn't even make the playoffs. So you got to have, got to have guys that are like in a predicament or a situation where you can talk about their success. Uh, Jokic has incredible value, incredible value. But this is when you start talking about the most valuable player. Do you want to know why Jokic won MVP? Hit me. Other MVPs were not available as often as he was available. That's, that's why he won. what we're getting at, and that's exactly it. That's why he won he, MVP. He won the MVP because the best player in the league this most recent season was Steph Curry. 
right? You talk about value and just best. If, if Steph Curry didn't do what he did for the Warriors, they win 15 games, right? If you just take it, they, they're, they're not only bad, they're one of the worst teams in the league. But I would, I would actually, I, I think there's other players that you can you can get into the mix there. I, I think who, okay, Jokic was Jokic, had, or I'm sorry, Embiid and LeBron were the two players leading the MVP candidate talk before yep. they both went down with injuries. Okay, yep. So, I, I there are a lot of criteria that goes into MVP, and I'm not crazy about it because Giannis won the last two years, and I've been sitting back saying, how is that? Why is Giannis getting the most viable player of the year award? But this year I thought Jokic was unique because he won the award because other players were injured, just like the Toronto Raptors won a championship because other players were injured. Uh, The Lakers are not in the playoffs because Anthony Davis was injured. Injuries play a big part of the result and also plays a part in the MVP voting. This is why I think that reward is so silly because none of these criteria is Jokic the right answer. He's, He's on the list, but he's not the answer. But he's, he's on all of these lists, and because Denver had a pretty good year, because he played the entire year, because they are, you know. Played 72 team, games. Jamal Murray I, I, wasn't there for a big part. Neither were some of these other players. And they still got third place in the Western Conference. Or, but this is, we've yeah, given it to Steph place? a couple of times. Yeah, we've given it to these other guys. We can't give it to LeBron. He missed too much time. We can't give it to Embiid. He missed too much time. This is the biggest default, let's tell a different story MVP I've ever seen. And think because now, now what we're talking about here, we're talking about a league where Kobe Bryant and Nikola Jokic have the same amount of MVP awards. That's ridiculous. That is a ridiculous thing to say out loud because their impacts on their teams, their impacts on their league, the impact on the playoffs in their given times are just like Jokic is phenomenal. Jokic is honestly he's There's phenomenal. There's a lot of guys he, he, that are phenomenal. The, right. the, the point the point I'm getting at Slee is mm-hmm. It's okay to give it to the same three or four guys for 10 years in a row. It's, that's fine. We don't have to mix it up just because we're mixing it up. And that's no, the, what this feels the, like the, to me. The bigger ridiculous count. I don't think it's a mix-up because I, I, I think you can actually sit here and make a case that Jokic was the most valuable player based upon the amount of games that he played, based upon where the Denver Nuggets ended up, based upon Jamal Murray being injured, which, by the way, they're, they're here in the second round. They're playing Phoenix. Um, I think you could have made that case. But the reality is the actual MVP award is a joke. That if you, What you're trying to say is the way that they distribute the award, it is a joke. You want to know why it's a joke? You just said it. Kobe had one MVP, right? Mm-hmm. LeBron hasn't won a most valuable player award in eight years. LeBron James, who yeah. has been to the NBA Finals ten times in his career, and I don't know how many times since the last time he won MVP, has won one most valuable player. The actual award, I agree, is a joke, but I don't have a problem with Jokic getting it this year. Let, let me throw this in there. And and you, you stop me when I hit a name. You can say yes or no along the list. And we're talking about we'll do this a different way. And this is why I just don't like him winning this award because he's not one of these guys. Okay. If we're playing a season next year, yep. right, and assuming health for everybody, mm-hmm. okay, assuming health for everybody, are you taking Jokic over AD? No. No, I don't think so either. Are you taking Jokic over but LeBron? But I pause for a second. Jokic is okay. – you, you taking uh, Jokic no. over LeBron? No. 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 Are you taking Jokic over Luka? No. Are you taking Jokic over Kevin Durant? No. Are you taking Jokic over Steph Curry? Still no. Are you taking him over Damian Lillard? Yes. Okay, there's one. Are you taking him over James Harden? 
problem is James Harden is on his own team or is with all these other superstars. So yes, I would. If you're telling me I get one player and these guys are all on their own teams, I would take Jokic over James Harden. Okay. Okay. Giannis. You can make definitely make a case the other way. Yeah. Uh, yes, I'm taking I'm taking Jokic over Giannis. Embiid. I'll take Embiid. Okay, so what I'm getting at is that there are we we just listed seven or eight guys that are like no I'm taking the other guy. How is that? How is the guy that's but, eighth but or it ninth on this list the MVP? Because because it doesn't have to be. Remember, all you're looking at is this season alone. There's a lot of things that happen throughout a season that a player. You know, Steph Curry had such unbelievable stats this year. Those stats are going to go down when Clay is back, right? Maybe, maybe now he's going to have less chance to win an MVP. Just using that as an example. Next year. Um, maybe LeBron's chances go down because they're more strategic with how many games he plays. There's a lot of factors that go into play. But Jokic for this season, I, I, I got no problem tipping the cap to him and saying that, that he deserved it this year. All right, the Dodgers got a little league break yesterday that kind of broke the game open for him yesterday. Gotta what love Pittsburgh. Gotta love Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. <laughs> we will get to that next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Trav, you seen this photo that uh, Funches sent? This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I did. I'm, just, I'm mesmerized Bro, by it. Did, now, does your argument change? Funches just sent us, if you guys haven't seen this before, go Google image Jokic. Go take a quick look when the dude was probably 12, 13 years old. You know what he looks like, Trav? <laughs> Hit me. He looks like every overweight kid that's getting on a basketball floor thinking that they're good. And this dude actually just ended up in the NBA and, uh, and won MVP. It's not a flattering picture of young Nikola. It is, he's, he's heavy. Um, he's very, very soft. And he looks bored. Very, very soft. I like that description. Yeah, and now you know what he's doing? He's, he's doing work in the NBA against the no, best no, see, players in but, the world. But this is where we get uh, – a little far afield. I, I'm not saying Nikola Jokic isn't a great player. I'm not saying I wouldn't like him on my team. I'm not saying that he hasn't transformed his body from fat little kid to NBA MVP. He's done all these things. The question is, the MVP should be saved for the very best of the best. The Correct. guys that are transcendent NBA players. He had a great season. He's having a really nice NBA career. But MVP, come on, man. He's Go look that. at that picture. Go look at the picture again. And then come back and then say to yourself, that's my MVP. That's what I want you to do. By the way, I was telling the story. For those who don't know this, uh, I was telling Funches and, uh, and Trav. So we're, I'm, I think it was yesterday. I'm looking on Twitter. And they're playing the clip of when Jokic got drafted. Mm-hmm. When Jokic got drafted, when they made the announcement Jokic got drafted, the NBA was in the middle of a Taco Bell commercial <laughs> when Jokic got drafted. I, I mean, talk about, talk about Taco Bell knowing I mean, the strategy there of knowing what's to come. Unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. I, I will say this. they yeah. I'd rather watch Taco Bell than the NBA draft. 
I'm much more interested in a burrito supreme. Are you an NFL Mexican draft pizza. guy? Are you an NFL I'm draft guy? I'm not a huge draft guy, generally speaking. The, the one that is a little more interesting to me is the NFL draft because mm-hmm. I know most of the players that are getting selected early in that draft. I, I, I would be a bold-faced liar if I told you I know anybody that's about to get picked in the NBA draft other than maybe one or two guys. I just don't follow amateur basketball. I don't know who these guys are. I just It just doesn't interest me at all. Just a heads ta- up. A Taco Bell Chalupa Queso Supreme is far more interesting to me than the guy that they're drafting from Serbia or whatever who I've never seen play before in my life. Just heads up. Travis and I are doing a special show Thursday, July 29th, 2021 <laughs> NBA Draft. We'll be breaking it all down. Just uh, yep. stay tuned for details. I, I, you you can lead that. It is all yours. It is an Alan Sliwa production from beginning to end. I want to read a few of these tweets, Slee, because the people are on fire today. You eat the core? <laughs> Do you also eat the peach pit? See, this <laughs> that's from uh, not Danton Holden. That's pretty funny. Oh. No, the peach pit, that, that that's basically like eating a rock. You can't. The you got to throw the peach pit in a blender. Good. <laughs> the, the apple core is yummy. You won't, you, it's extra apple. What don't you get? The peach pit is not let's, extra peach. First of all, let's not go that far. It's not yummy. Like yes, when it you, is. When you are eating it, you're like, why am I eating this? Because it's good. It's extra You almost apple. feel like, hey, this is what you have to do. Like, you do. This is, these are one of the things that. Uh, you do kind of take the pit, though, from the peach, Slee, and kind of nibble and get those little last couple strands. We do do that, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Here's another one. Hey, uh, to be fair, Slee, you just justified about eating a whole apple from a guy who may have eaten more food wrappings accidentally than anyone on earth. <laughs> That's not very nice, Dave. You got to open it up here. No, I'll just go through it. I'm just going to go through the wrapper. <laughs> just power through fiber. This is from Darb Tetrav. You talking about food can sometimes be uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable, but what ma- what makes it uncomfortable is you're so comfortable. You know what I mean? Like you are very comfortable with uh, with your strategy on food. Here's here's one more. Um, this is from and forgive me, I'm going to get your name wrong here. It's from um, Iman Wosogugia. I, I again, I apologize. That's probably way way wrong. But he says there's nothing more entertaining than Travis's take on helmet nachos. Sleet, let's go to a Dodger game. Let's each – we're not sharing a nachos. This isn't a date where we sip from the same malt. But we're, 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 we're not going to share helmet nachos, but I'm going to teach you the proper way to eat helmet nachos. Let's do that. I'm going to call out, like, if you're sharing nachos, it's like, all right, you go – you get your first pick, right? You get which chip you want. Okay, you now go, it's my turn. I, go, you go, I, I, I go. could see you going two, three just at the same – like getting the big scoop, your, your hands are all <laughs> – Cheese all over them. All right, let's talk some Dodgers. That's how I knew it was the love here. of my life when we both went for the same cheese and meat-covered chip at the same time. It was, That's it. It was love at first sight. All right, uh, speaking of the Dodgers, they win yesterday in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is not good. And, Sleek, correct me. I, I mean, I think I know baseball pretty well, but tell me if this is a, a good strategy. When you hit a home run, yeah. are you supposed to step on all of the bases or can you skip one if you feel like it? I think if you're excited, it just kind of depends on the situation, okay? <laughs> if you're overly excited um, and you think, you know what, let's just skip first. I'm still going to – I'm going to touch second. I'm, I'm getting third. I'm going to I'm gonna hit home plate. I'm going to hit home plate. It should count as something. You ever – by the way, I know this, ha- this definitely has happened, but when's the last time you've seen something like that? So, you know what? It's funny. Just for so everybody knows, first inning of the game yesterday, Pirates and Dodgers, Walker Bueller's on the mound, and Cabrian Hayes for the Pirates hits a home run to right field. 
It's kind of a line drive. It's not this big, towering, majestic thing. It's a line close drive. Close to the foul pole, too. Close to the foul pole, close mm-hmm. to barely making it over the fence. So he's got his eye on the ball, seeing where w- what's about to happen. Is he's sure. running down the first If it doesn't line. happen, I'm going to try and get two, I'm at least, or try to get potentially three. Yep. <laughs> right. He misses first base. He goes all the they, they rule it a home run, and, he, and then all of a sudden the umpires are reviewing it, and you could hear Joe Davis on the telecast like, I mean, I don't know. Are they looking to see if that was foul? What are they reviewing, foul. right? Mm-hmm. And, and and then all of a sudden, the umpire just walks out and makes the fist and calls him out. And everybody's like, wait, what happened? And then they appealed to first base, and he's out. He missed first base. And he didn't miss it by like, well, maybe he got it. Maybe Mm-mm. He missed it by He missed first base inches. as if it wasn't there. Like it didn't even – it wasn't even <laughs> located there. Right. Like you're playing in, in the backyard with a ball. The lawn chair is first. You're just going to have to go around it. You don't actually have to touch it. You just got to go around the lawn chair. And then the dog is second. Make sure you go behind the dog. And then the trash can is third. And and then when you come home, you slide into the slip and slide, and it's a home run. That's kind of what it was like. Um, the, the, keep, and you brought this up. I had forgotten about this. Yeah. This is the same group of bozos. We've talked the, about the Pirates <laughs> twice this year, okay? <laughs> and the fact that we're talking about the Pirates on a local show in L.A., and we would have been doing this even if they didn't play the Dodgers yesterday because of what happened two weeks ago. The worst defensive execution in the history of baseball where they didn't know that if you just with two outs, if you just record a force out at first base, whatever happens doesn't matter. The runs don't count. Just get the force out of first base. Innings over. Runs don't count. Instead, they got a pickle going. They're between in a pickle home and first. <laughs> between pickles are fun. I like it when there's a rundown. Rundowns are fun. Pickles are fun. But between home and first, that's the dumbest thing in the world because you just turn around and walk to first base and end it. And then yesterday against the Dodgers. They don't step on first base and they lose the game. And that's a pretty good. And Walker Bueller's been great this year, but yeah. you get to him early, you hit a home run, you're like, hey, maybe tonight's an end. Now, even your home runs don't count, Pirates. You know what is un- very underrated in that video that we watched a couple weeks ago? I don't know how much the Cubbies knew the rule either because you see them how excited, even when the when the run passed home, right? How how much they were. You saw. Um, uh, they're basically cheering and excited as if they just scored a run, but even at that point they could have stepped on first. It was such a confusing play. And Pittsburgh, to only be known for two plays so far this baseball season, 60 games in, um, not exactly the best look to have. Dodgers opportunistic yesterday get the win. Yeah, they, they, they were, they're going to be fine, and we've talked about this before. What's interesting, though, is Dave Roberts' take on what's going on in baseball across the board. You saw Garrett Cole talk about it last night with the Yankees, and – Baseball's attempting to crack down on foreign substances on the ball. It's kind of a dirty little secret, but an open one, that pitchers load up the baseball, that they use this stuff that's a combination of rosin, which is in that little white bag behind home plate, yeah. and sunscreen. And you mix it together, and it gets really tacky, right? And so you can really get a good grip on the baseball. You can spin it more. Ball's going to break more, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody kind of does it, and everybody kind of knows it. But now baseball is saying, you know, we're not going to do that. We're, we're going to try to crack down. I want you to listen, Slee, to Dave Roberts try to explain why it isn't cheating, but it kind of is, but it's not. But I'll, I'll let Dave take it from here. All right. Well, do you, do you think that this stuff is cheating? I, I think that I don't. Um, I think that cheating is more of when rules are imposed or in place and you break them. But I think that we're getting to that point. And I think that, as I do understand it, that the players that do get caught using a foreign substance that's not allowed by Major League Baseball will will be deemed cheaters. But um, up to this point, I, I think that 
the line is kind of blurred and that's just kind of players going to use whatever advantage they can when things are blurred. I've listened to Dave a lot. I think Dave's a really smart guy. I think Dave is really good at communicating. I have no idea what the hell that was. That makes no sense. It is cheating if they call it cheating, but it's only cheating if they call it cheating. And then when they tell us it's cheating, we'll stop cheating. But until well, then, it's not cheating. What? Can I can I just say this? I think what he's trying to say is, well, until they do something about it, why wouldn't we use that to our advantage? Every other pitcher is using it to their advantage. So I, I, I think there is something to what Dave Roberts is saying, and I think there's something to baseball. It's like, all right, you've told me this way before we had this conversation. Baseball's got an issue. They can't score runs. Every yep. other day somebody's pitching a, a no-hitter, right? Like this is not common. This is not normal. Um, if you think as a casual fan – I'm a casual baseball fan. You're a hardcore. You're going to be there no matter what. Yep. Uh, if you said, hey, Al, uh, let's watch this nine-inning game and the final score was 2-1, to one, or, man, that was a great game. 10-8 to eight was the final score. Look at the action. I mean, there's so much – you got fans actually have something to cheer for throughout a game. You said that baseball had this issue, and now – you kind of full circle here. They're trying to crack down on it because it is affecting the game. It is affecting the appeal of the game. Um, do it or don't do it. I, I don't understand. This is the one thing I don't understand about baseball, Trav. There's so much, so many gray areas. Like there's so many. Well, yeah, yeah, but you know, this kind of like an unspoken rule. And, and yeah, but baseball people will tell you this. Why does it have to be so confusing? Why? why yeah, can, can we simplify things a little bit? Baseball is fascinating with, with that kind of stuff, right? That it comes down to this just this weird deal. Well, you just don't do that. I'm like, what that, does that mean? Don't enforce. Yep. There, and then there are rules that don't exist that do get enforced. Mm-hmm. This idea of loading up the baseball. This is what it is. And this is where baseball is kind of – think of it like the speed limit, right? If the speed limit is 65, we all know that when you drive on the freeways in Southern California, as long as you're not going 80, you're probably okay, right? Mm -hmm. If you're somewhere around 75, you're probably okay. You're not going to get stopped. But if all of a sudden they – the speed limit's 65. That's the rule. But if all of a sudden they started writing tickets at 68 and 67, we're going to slow down. Sure. We're going to slow down because the rule is fine. That's what this loading up the baseball is. There's an explicit rule that says you can't put something on the baseball. We just kind of ignore it, but now they're going to start enforcing it. Look what's what happened. Trevor Bauer got hit a little bit against the Braves the other day. Garrett Cole, one of the best right. pitchers in baseball, got hit could, a little bit the other day. Could be a coincidence, or maybe it's not, right? It's like, not. I mean, that, that, that's – so you don't think it is, it, right? You, no, you think this is, definitely it, has to do with that. It absolutely does. Mm-hmm. It, uh, Trevor Bauer is a very out and, – and look, he's – I'll give Trevor Bauer credit for this. He's really not even pretending that that's not what it is. He said before, look, guys are loading up. Their spin rates are going through the roof. We know what's going on. And then he started doing it, and it happened to him too. Now it's coming back down the other day because he didn't have the stuff, presumably. And he he knows it. But his point is, look, if we're going to do this, we need to do it to everybody. They should. Look, make the baseball as lively as you can. Put more balls in play. Let's get guys on base because one to nothing three times a week doesn't work. So here's my question to you. Why? So they're doing it now because they feel like it's hurting the product? Simple as that? It's, there, there's no runs. There's nobody on base. The pitching, the pitching is just. Are way, they gonna way, Are they gonna come down on this? Like you were saying, if you're going 67 miles an hour, you're gonna get it. Is it gonna be they'll like that? Kick, you think? Yeah, they'll start kicking guys out of the game. And look, if Garrett Cole's getting paid a million dollars a game to pitch. They can't afford to get kicked out. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. They got to make sure that he pitches when he can. Love that song. Love this song. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's one of my mixes on Pandora. It's a great song. There's so much history to it. <laughs> Jay-Z, Nas, and this song. These guys. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the show appear via the Goodyear hotline. Can I take a quick aside real quickly? Is this our 10.30 music? Is this what we play at 10.30? Is like the consistent Jokic-Serbian music? Works for me. Works for me. Um, you know I'm a golf guy, right? I love to play. I, I like to watch golf, and I know hey. that that's kind of niche, right? But You're average. Amateur at I, best. I, um, I am so done with this silly Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau hate each other stuff. I'm looking at SportsCenter Center. Are right they still now. going? Are they still dude, going? Dude, just either fight or shut up. They, they, what are they, are they gonna, are they is it more marketing now? Is this a real now? feud or a fake feud? That's it, I, I mean. was going to say, is it more marketing now? It sure feels like it. it, it and it's one of those things, either you know, slap each other with your plaid pants or, or stop. You know, I, <laughs> hey, real, quick is... question. real quick question. When Funches comes on, is his level four times higher than ours? Because every time I hear him, I, it scares the hell out of me. I don't know if you got the same thing over there. Bunch needs to come in like this. He needs to come in like this. The, the it's level, uh, it scares the hell saying, out of me. It's exciting. You know? No, no, no. Here's the thing, Funch. It's not what you're doing. I think the level is just high. So when you come in, I feel like somebody That's just came up behind I told, me. I told Taylor to put me up higher on the board. I feel like somebody just came up behind me and just scared the living hell out of me, and I'm <laughs> supposed to go right back to my topic. By the, by the way, <laughs> as you get older, that becomes something that is awful. Getting What's frightened that? like that when somebody jumps out and, and scares you. Like when you're a little kid, it's kind of fun. Like you go, ah! and then you kind of laugh, like, oh, it got me, right? Like, but now when somebody does that, I, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack and die. It's, it's, don't not say funny. that, man. It's not funny. Like the idea, oh, they scared me to death. Yeah, almost. <laughs> almost. Pretty close. Yeah, no, it was pretty close. Yeah. I, the hospital for two days. <laughs> But it was really funny, but you really got me. You really got me. (laughs) All right. Um, Jared Goff is the quarterback of the uh, Detroit Lions. That, by the way, feels pretty good to say. So let me me back up a little bit. Is there something – You don't like Jared Goff. No, it's not that. It's just that it was such an obvious problem for such a long time. Mm -hmm. And doing the Rams games, you keep trying to talk yourself into, hey, maybe today's the day that it's not a problem. Was Mm -hmm. there the equivalent of that with the Lakers? Like something that very clearly was a three-point shooting, for instance. Lakers are not a three-point shooting team. Do you try to like, hey, you know what, maybe today's the day that we do shoot 38%. Can I give you an example? Here's a perfect example. So Michael Thompson would do his keys to the game, okay? And he'd record the keys prior, and it would air at halftime. And I'd do my little halftime spiel of where the Lakers are compared to the keys that he was doing. Okay. Every single game, there'd be like six games in a row. He'd be like, well, Lakers struggled last game in the threes. Tonight, I think it's going to be a difference. They were 25% yes, safe from three. Tonight, will they get to 38%? Will they get to 40%? In my head, I was like, Michael, you could just keep airing that same one because they're not going to start hitting their threes, even though right. we felt like maybe today's the day. So maybe that's the example on Goff. So Jared Goff is the Laker three-point shot. That Before every game, it was, 
Rams are going to play some defense. Aaron yep. Donald's going to do some work. Jalen Ramsey's going to shut down their best receiver. That they're going to score some points. They're going to go out there and be good. But will Jared Goff throw his two interceptions? Will he fumble at least one? Will that he lose kinda, the game? Will he lose will, the game? Will he be the reason when we're doing the postgame show? It's like, yeah, the quarterback play was not good enough. Well, he's gone. It obviously was the answer. But I want you to listen to what he said about being in Detroit and getting empowered by the Lions. Dan and uh, Elan have have really empowered me to, to kind of, you know, what do I want? What do I want? What do I like? How do I want to see it? How do we want to do things and are constantly bouncing things off me and, and I'm constantly bouncing things off them. And I think that's been a healthy relationship and something that's been uh, fun for me to experience and, and be a part of, you know, guys that, you know, are, are really you know wanting to hear from me and wanting to hear what I like. I, I don't know how to say this without being a little bit cruel. So I'm just going to say it. Okay. I've seen Jared Goff make decisions, and they're terrible. The, the idea of, well, they just need to let me make some decisions and empower me to boop, get my – no, 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 bro. I've seen you when you get to make decisions, and it is almost, without exception, a disaster. See, th- th- this is why Sean McVay was as frustrated with this as is, because if I'm reading between the lines, Jared Goff wanted some input. He wanted some decision-making. He wanted some ability to call the shots in the moment. And I'm sure Sean McVay's like, yeah, we've tried that, and it keeps ending up in the other guy's hands. We, we can't do that, and that's why Matt Stafford is here, and that's why the Rams won't have a first pick until the year 24-46, and they need to go and fix the problem because he thought he could make decisions. So he goes on to say that you know this has nothing to do with his past. Uh, he had opportunities in the past where he could make his own decisions, and then there was other times where he wasn't able to make his own decisions. If you're the Detroit Lions, I get it. Trev, this this is not uncommon. You give somebody that opportunity in the beginning until they prove to you that they just can't take that opportunity. So right now, Jared Goff's going to walk into Detroit. He's going to—they're telling him all the right things, right? By the way, there's no other way to play this. If you're the Detroit Lions, Goff, we need your input. We need to know what you're doing. You know, something is interesting. Palenka and the exit meetings, right? Palenka said that there was conversation about the roster, what are Lakers going to do, how much will LeBron and Anthony Davis be involved. And he said, listen, uh, as you guys know, it's very collaborative with the front office, with Coach Vogel, with LeBron, with Anthony Davis. They earned that right to have their say into some of these things. If Anthony Davis wasn't the player that the Lakers thought he was going to be, maybe his voice is less and less heard. Jared Goff is walking into Detroit. At this moment, his voice is going to be heard. At this moment, he's going to have a say in the conversation, what they're doing, his instincts, and everything else. But what happened with the Rams and Jared Goff may very well happen in Detroit, but it's just not there yet, right? Jared Goff's supposed to get that opportunity right now to have some say into things until he proves he should not have a say in things. Do you think there's a single person in that Detroit organization that thinks that Jared Goff is their quarterback four years from now, three years from now? No. I don't think there's a single person in Detroit that thinks the Lions are going to make noise, period, because they haven't. So it's not also an organization that you can kind of look at and say, well, well, they definitely have a better say than somebody else. I, I think yeah. maybe that falls into, into both criteria. Yeah, it, it, it's that for sure. But it's also, look, we'll give you Matt Stafford, but we'll take Jared Goff, but that's not going to do it. You need to give us something that does have value, and that's the picks. And sure. that's why the Rams are where they are right now, and that brings us to the next thing. Where is the pressure going into next season? That's coming up next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Take uh, two creepers and an apple core. What are you guys drinking? <laughs> we want a creeper? 
Hey, welcome. You know, it's nice to have you guys over here. I got uh, got burgers on the grill. There's a cooler full of creepers. <laughs> is that, is that what Take you, a creeper you uh, creeper on ice. I'll do a creeper on ice. You do a what? Oh, <laughs> uh, here we go. I'm going to make us both feel pretty good here, Sully. Here's a tweet okay. from uh, DW, and it says, uh, "Dudes, good to have two LA." Uh, it's good to have oh, – this is not well-written, D.W. Start over. Yeah, start over. Well, first of all, dudes starts with a phonetic spelling. Dudes, God it good to have Los Angeles radio back like it should be, like it was, personalities with humor and wit. You talk to us like old radio. I went for the groceries, didn't want to get out of the car when I got home, stayed in the car to hear more Apple Corps, boy. <laughs> so, my there you suggestion. Go, we got to come up with more weird things that you eat. My suggestion, just go get the groceries, bro. Don't worry. It's not that, 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 that big of a deal. We appreciate it. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Thank you, DW. I appreciate that. It's a very, very nice thing to say. Um, going back I to wonder, the I wonder if he took. I wonder if he took Uber to the grocery store. We're just going to stop in real quick. I just got to go to Vaughn's real quick. So, all right. Coming up uh, towards the uh, early part of August, I'm going to take a little time off. We're going to take a family, a Rogers family vacation. We're kind of like the Griswolds. We Where are we going? We are going to the Pacific Northwest. We are going to okay. go uh, spend some time on a lake, and we're going to go hang out up there and, and do some things like that. But like, are we, how are we doing this? Like, Funches and I coming too? We're just doing the show from there? How do, you guys how are, are we welcome. coordinating this? If you can find this? me, you're welcome to come, and I'll, and I'll cook for you. But you're going to have to find me. You're on your own. Apparently, the place that we're going, the rental cars are in very short supply. Like, mm-hmm. like to the point, like two, three hundred bucks a day. It's an incredible amount of money. So I was telling Susan, like, hey, Jesus. we just let's just get some Ubers, right? We'll just Uber everywhere because where we're going, it's not very big. There's nothing yeah. that's very far away. So we can just Uber wherever it is that we go. So I'm looking forward to spending my vacation riding in the front seat of Ubers over and over again. I can't wait. Hey, Sue, get in the back. Kids, hop in the back. We are going. I'm going front seat Uber for a, four or five days in a row. It's going to be great. I, I could see you kind of coming into an Uber, too, and you bring some kind of spray. Like, there's a certain scent that you like, and just right when you get in, you just start spraying down the car. A little you just, pine. You just spray down the car. Yeah, this is good. This will work. Oh, man. Let's try one more uh, tweet here. This is from Capitano Matt. It says, when you were pitching in Santa Barbara, what foreign substance did you use, salsa or aioli? <laughs> Thanks, Jack. man. Santa Barbara, there's there's a lot more salsa options than there are aioli options, right? There's a yeah. Why not? You always use uh, you always use the guacamole salsa verde. That's the best. The way you say it. The way you say salsa it is the best. I, I I don't know how to say it great, but I do know how to eat it. I do know how to do that. So the pressure. Yeah. Jared Goff is in Detroit. Matt Stafford is here in L.A. Everything that we just talked about, the mm-hmm. idea that the, the reason the Rams stalled in the playoffs, the reason the Rams had to come through the wild card round, the reason they weren't the division champions is because the quarterback play was substandard. I think it, it's pretty well understood that that was true. Well, and that's also – and I get – nobody's going to know better than you, Trav, and I know you guys are obviously doing every single one of the games. That's where the finger was pointed, and you, you feel very confident that that's where it should have been pointed. But let's sure. just make sure that we know – there was a change made in that position, so now where are you going to point the finger at? There are no fingers to point at. Well, exactly. So let's say it looks kind of the same. Let's say that the pro- the reason that the Detroit Lions have been bad for a long time is not because the organization doesn't know what they're doing, but because well, they don't. It's not as good as we think they are. They, right, and, because, and both could be right. Both could be right. Mm-hmm. Both exactly right. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knows that the Lions don't run their business correctly. But there's also this understanding that, you know what, Matt Stafford is pretty good. He's not the problem. 
What if that part's not true? Or what if, what if can... or, or what if, um, you know, have we really seen Matt Stafford in pressure situations where right. the expectations were there? We're talking about, talking Paul about George. Paul George, right? Paul George is a perfect example of this where once he got into predicaments where the expectations were there, he couldn't deliver. And I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to suggest that Matt Stafford uh, will not come through for the Rams, but I think you bring up an interesting point. What are those expectations then? Well, the expectations go from, hey, let's try to win the division, get in the playoffs and see what happens to maybe need to be the top seed and win the whole thing. Because if the quarterback was just the problem and Matt Stafford's a good quarterback, and I believe both of those statements are true, then problem fixed. But if it doesn't happen, where's the where does it land on Matt Stafford? Or for okay. the first time ever, does it land on Sean McVay? Because Sean McVay has been pretty Teflon through this whole thing. And I think rightfully so. He's obviously a very good coach incredibly detail-oriented, all of these things. But if the quarterback changes out and it still looks the same, now what? For the la- for the first time, I thought last season, you started hearing Sean McVay's name in a different light. You started hearing a little bit of it. Not a lot, but there's been a little bit of noise of, well, coach has got to do better too. This can't be just on the quarterback. So this upcoming season, this is th- – let me ask you this question, Trav. Mm-hmm. Let's say you win the division, okay? This should be the expectations. You win the division – you host at least a game, maybe two at SoFi, which, by the way, we know the Super Bowl is going to be at SoFi. Can't wait. You get at least to the NFC Championship. If you don't get to the NFC Championship, it's probably a lost season, right? I mean, what, what? Don't you have to at least just get to the NFC Championship? Is is that so. a fair? Isn't that a fair assessment of the Rams? By the way, Green Bay, who you lost to last year, is in complete. We have no idea what's going to happen with the Packers, right? We have yeah. no idea if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there or not. So really, and I'm not saying there aren't other fantastic teams in the NFC, but Tampa is really the team that you would say, okay, if that's the class of the NFC because it's Tom Brady, they're coming off a Super Bowl, don't you at least have to get to the NFC championship game? Well, the, the way I've been asked this question a lot, and the way that I, you have to do better than you did last year, right? If you're upgraded, you need to be better and the only two steps that are better than what they did last year are NFC Championship or Super Bowl. They got to the divisional round, and they, you know, and quite frankly, they would have had a chance to beat Green Bay if Aaron Donald wasn't hurt. You mean you know that, that game with Jared Goff actually in the divisional round against the Packers, he was fine. He he mm-hmm. he was not the reason they lost that game. The reason they lost that game was because they couldn't stop anybody on defense for the first time all year because Aaron Donald was was hurt badly hurt. He couldn't move. Right. He he was completely ineffective he wasn't Aaron Donald in any way shape or form so you got to get farther than that and that's you, not easy because like we've talked about especially in the NFL one bad game one that's game it, changes that's it. everything a couple you know you, you come into halftime you had two turnovers you're probably you could be out of the game that's how that's how simple it is so you, you have you all we've talked about is there's been a, a problem at the quarterback position well you got that part fixed if you're walking into a wild card game and you're out uh, Trav it's a it's an incredibly bad look for the organization and the coaching staff, including Sean McVay. Spotlight turns on the other guys very, very quickly. All right, coming up next, a Laker note in the dump. It's actually quite interesting. It might, it might cost you to spend a little bit of money too, Slee. That's coming up next, the dump, Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. All right, so uh, a, a Laker note right out of the shoot here that just came down a, a few minutes ago. This is from Shams on Twitter. 
Los Angeles Lakers star LeBron James is chasing, uh, changing his jersey number from number 23 to number 6 next season. Uh, Anthony Davis expected to remain number 3. So we've seen LeBron in number 6 before in the Olympics in Miami. Yeah. But LeBron will be number 6 for the Lakers. Could be that? the uh, could be the difference of this upcoming season. Uh, just that change alone <laughs> shake it up uh, a little bit. could change everything. By the way, you know, kind of let's not uh, – here's the reality here. Just a new revenue opportunity, right? Of Isn't course. that all it is? Just just there, keep stacking all that money that you're making. And then, all right, everybody got 23. Let's go down number six with uh, with the Los Angeles He Lakers. probably got tired of seeing his jersey not be at the top of the list. He's like, yeah, well, watch this. I'll just change my number and put it right back up there. I, yeah. it, it's fine. I think there's a tie-in to Space Jam at some level, too, that uh, is probably driving this to some degree. But – I'm not a numerologist. If he wants to wear six or 23 or 412, what do I care? I just want his ankle to be right. I want him to be able to play basketball. I don't care what number are you. On his jersey. Are you a jersey guy? Like, you ever so have you I ever have, in the past wear jerseys or whatever the case is? I don't wear them because mm-hmm. I just it's not my not my jam. Like mm-hmm. we've talked about, I'm not really a participator. I'll wear a cap. That I'll wear a hat. Um, maybe a t-shirt. But I love jerseys. I just don't wear like I love. The good ones, the bad ones. I like yeah. the retro ones. I think they look cool. It's just, it's just a bad. Funches, you a jersey you guy? You know what? I'm getting back into jerseys. Okay. I wear like retired player jerseys though. Undershirt? Anybody wearing an undershirt? No, with man. I got to show my guns. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna go ahead and. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Are one, you Charlie. a jersey guy, Slee? Do you tuck it in your chinos? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've never been a jersey guy. I think I own two jerseys. One's Kobe. One's Magic, and that's it. Uh, I did wear my Magic Johnson jersey. At the Boston Garden, nice. uh, this was about eight nine years ago, something along those lines. So was happy to rock that. That was actually a game Lakers won in overtime. Kobe hit a shot over Ray Allen. Um, I'll wear it in those circumstances, but not not much of a Jersey guy. All right, let's keep it local here again. Last night, my guy Shohei Otani hit a four hundred and seventy foot. Who home keeps run sending us the, the tweet game? every time he hits a home run? John Who is it? You know? That's John. The John man. Fulton. That guy keeps me up on the Angels more than any more than ESPN.com does. John Fullerton is an Angel fan, and that's his problem that he's got to sort through. So that's up to him if he wants to get that squared away. But so the longest home run that I've ever seen with my own two eyes was when Barry Bonds took Troy Percival deep in the World Series back in 2002, I think it was, when okay. the Angels won the World Series. And it, that answered the question, what if a guy threw 100 miles an hour Barry Bonds swung as hard as he could and made perfect contact. How far would it go? There's your answer. That's how far. How far to go? It a Do million feet. It yeah. went. So everybody knows the big A, right? In right field, you have that high wall, and then the pavilion starts. And it's a just to get it into the pavilion is a shot. Bonds hit his about three quarters of the way up the pavilion. Jeez. I've never seen one up there before. Otani yesterday hit one further towards center field than where Bonds right, hit it, but right, right. nearly as far. It was extraordinary, Slee. And this is a guy that is arguably a number one starter in Major League Baseball. This is a guy that's the fastest base runner, not only on his team, but one of the fastest base runners in all of baseball. What a freak of and, nature, man. And 470-foot home runs. What in the Come is going on. on? By the way, do you think this uh, – I know you can't just I'm, – use this as an example. Maybe this is a bad example. You think this kind of changes for young generational players, young kids right now that are watching what Otani's doing. You think we'll have some of these in the we'll, – you think we'll have – more of these in the future, what I'm referring to there is guys that yep. are trying to pitch and hit, and it's because of Otani. Why is Trey Young Trey Young? Because of Steph Curry. Damn right. 
Mm-hmm. So, yes, is the answer to your question. The reason we're seeing more and more guys take 25, 30, 35-foot shots in games but pitching is and hitting, that's just unreal I, to me, you know? It, it is, and there's a reason we haven't seen it in 100 years. But once somebody does it, another person's going to try. Of course. And it, because before, it was a lot like Steph Curry, right? The first time some kid uncorked a 30-footer in practice, the coach screamed at him and benched him and said, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Steph kind of changed that. Sure. Sure. And, and so now the kid that can hit home runs but also can throw 90 miles an hour in high school, it's going to be like, you know what, let's do, do you, both. Do you feel like at UCSB, if you can go back, do you kind of look back at it and say that that was basically me when I was in Santa Barbara? Do you say that now? If you somehow put together a group <laughs> of the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos from 1990 to 1993 when I was there, and they said, who is the single worst hitter you've ever seen in your entire life? <laughs> All of them unanimously would answer Travis Rogers. My man. Yeah. I can't I cannot put my bat on the ball. It's to a game of averages. Game of averages. Get, get me well, back up there. I it's not because I am a perfect triple zero. I had exactly one at bat in college. I did get the sacrifice bunt down. It worked That's out, but I man. can't hit a lick. All right, on to the next one. Another baseball note. Mm-hmm. Twenty two years ago today. Bobby Valentine was ejected from a Major League Baseball game as the manager of the New York Mets and snuck back into the dugout wearing a Groucho Marx costume. Still can't believe he got caught. Still can't believe he got caught. It was such a good play on his part. I mean, uh, I was shocked, shocked that that was the same person. It was such a good – like, you see it now, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember so stupid. that. It, so it's so dumb. stupid and so baseball. <laughs> Only in baseball do you do something goofy like that. And then the last one, Slee, the NFL says that it is considering, considering other pain management alternatives, including marijuana, which yep. would open up a whole bunch of – and what took them so long, I have no idea. If you said to me, Here, here's a handful of Vicodin or here's a handful of edibles, which ones do you feel more comfortable taking? Mm-hmm. Give me the edibles. Well, I, I'm telling you right now, I got a sore back. I might be texting Greg and Amanda right when we're done and saying, "Listen, I need this. This is this is good for the show. It's good for the show. Let me <laughs> let me get on some of these substances." By the way, can I just say this real quick? Yes. Can you imagine uh, Coach Vogel getting ejected and trying to come back and sneak on the bench? That was Bobby Valentine. <laughs> I love How the hell that. You'd have to put on the mustache and the glasses and and, and do uh, the whole just thing. Just a fan. I'm you just look like a Bernie. Fan. Tell everybody where they can get the podcast, Lee. ESPN app or on iTunes. Search Travis and Sliwa. You get the full two hours. All right, we'll talk a bunch of Dodger baseball tomorrow. We'll get in the NBA playoffs, and God only knows what food Slee also eats that is kind of weird like apple cores. We'll see you then. Travis and Slee, 855 tomorrow.